Victorian Periodical Parade. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another reading of the Victorian Periodical Parade. Today I shall be reading the introduction to Our Lady of Hate, the short stories of Catherine Lord, edited together by Johnny Maines. Our Lady of Hate was published by Noose and Gibbet. The introduction is titled the well-known writer Lucy Hardy. In 2017, when I was putting together the second book in my exploration of lost stories written by Victorian females, titled An Obscurity of Ghosts, Black Shuck Books, I came across a gem of a tale called Granny's Ghost Story. Originally published in the Cambridge Chronicle and University Journal, Isle of Ely and Huntingdonshire Gazette on December 28, 1894, and by an author completely unknown to me called Lucy Hardy. I always try to cobble biographies together for the authors so that their lives are not forever forgotten, but in the case of Lucy Hardy, I was unable to find anything. From that initial introduction to her, nothing is known about her. She doesn't appear in the 1891 or 1901 censuses, and all traces of her seem to vanish after 1906. I had the bit between my teeth, though. I uncovered an initial batch of short stories by her hand, and the more I read, the more I desperately wanted to see Lucy Hardy back in print for modern-day audiences to discover and fall in love with her. What muddied the waters somewhat was a short story published in 1896. The Felthorpe Ghost, which was published with Lucy Hardy's name, but had Miss C. Lord underneath in brackets. Miss C. Lord presented me with more problems. Without her first name, it was nigh on impossible to discover who she was, and I was unsure if it was the author's real name or a mistake by the newspaper. They do happen. I was able to discover that a Miss C. Lord had written a novel in 1892 called Little Margie, a tale of the black country, and further research revealed another novel or variant titled Little Margie and Orthea's Garden, also published in 1892. But no matter what I did to try to unravel the mystery, I simply hit brick wall after brick wall. I then went back to Lucy Hardy and started reading through her tales, thinking that instead of looking for the person, I could glean some clues from any constants. 
The only thing that made my ears prick was a connection to Devon. Several of the stories were based there, so I thought there was a good chance that she was extremely familiar with the area, perhaps having lived or holidayed there. I would then type Lucy Hardy Devon and Miss C. Lord Devon into search engines, archives, etc., but again, nothing. However, there was a novel under the Hardy name written in 1896, The Fortunes of the Fairies, which was published by SPCK, known as the Society for Promoting Christian Knowledge, which was founded in 1698. I tracked their archives to Cambridge University Library, but looking through them, the chances of finding a contract or manuscript was the same as grabbing hold of a ghost. I gave up, defeated. Then the breakthrough came two years after I first started looking for her. The paperback for an obscurity of ghosts arrived, and I reread Granny's ghost story and still thought it the best story in the book. I went back into the archives, uncovered another copy of the failed Thorpe ghost, which had Lucy Hardy in quotation marks and Miss C. Lord again in brackets, which revealed Hardy to be a pseudonym. Finally, a letter dated 1901 and published in the Globe four days after Queen Victoria's death definitively married Lucy's name to Miss Lord's, and even supplied her home address. Sir, in 1880, a correspondent of notes and queries quotes the following lines as having been repeated to him before Queen Victoria's ascension. In three hundred years and more, six Edward's mass shall be laid low, when seventh Edward he shall reign, sixth Edward's mass shall be said again. Another correspondent in the same year, 1880, gives the following version of the lines and attributes their authorship to Cardinal Pole. Sixth Edward's mass three hundred years and more shall quiet be, but in seventh Edward's reign again restored shall be. It is singular that at the present time, 7th Edward's reign, there should be a movement in favor of entering Edward VI's prayer book of 1549. Yours truly, Miss C. Lord, Lucy Hardy, 54 Springfield Road, Abbey Road, Northwest. It was the letter courtesy of anthologist Mike Ashley that cracked the case. It took a little more work, but suddenly, with the help of a week's free trial of an online genealogy site, I had a full name. Miss Catherine Lord, born September 22nd, 1845 in Poona, East Indies. Her father was Septimus Vander Wyden Hart, married to Catherine Hart, and he was a captain in the 2nd Grenadiers, number 9. 
Tragically, he died aged 39 when Catherine was five years old and she had to move to England with her mother. The family was there to pick up the pieces both emotionally and financially. Catherine Senior came from a large family and was the daughter of Sir Thomas Joshua Platt. August 22nd, 1788 to February 10th, 1862. A judge who served as a baron of the Exchequer. I've been unable to find out where Miss Catherine Hart schooled or anything about her formative years, but at 27 she wed Lord John, also 27, on July 26th. 1872. By 1885, he was a fully-fledged chartered accountant, and they lived together until John's tragic death in 1893, aged 48. From a leg infection he received whilst they were both holidaying in Tintangle, Cornwall. It must have been of great solace for Catherine to fall back on or discover writing. But if we are to take her first novel in 1892 as her first published work, and I've currently not found any records of Miss C. Lord, Catherine Lord, or Lucy Hardy having written anything before this date, she died from rectal cancer and exhaustion within a decade of starting on November 19th, 1901. Her life's story certainly seeps through in her wonderful words. Many of the stories feature children, teenagers whose parents have died, and they go to stay with benevolent uncles or guardians. Other tales feature widows, those stories written by Catherine after her husband passed away, and indeed, many tales are set in the Southwest, the place where she and John traveled on holiday. But she also had a servant who worked at her home who came from Devon. So one can imagine Catherine's curiosity, asking her about the myths and legends of those parts. Several babies die in her stories and one wonders if Catherine experienced similar heartache. It is the case that Lucy Hardy became a well-known name she was regarded as an author of note by the many provincial newspapers that reprinted her works, and the fact that she appeared in Argosy, the eclectic magazine of foreign literature, science, and art, the Quiver, the Sunday Magazine, the English Illustrated Magazine, the Living Age, Belgravia, and the sketch, amongst many others, clearly shows that her stories were readily accepted and championed. She was as comfortable writing stories about ghosts as she was about grief. And death in the West Room is told so matter-of-factly, but leaves the reader quietly devastated. Thievery, alcoholism, heroic donkeys, and to that, an extremely clever female protagonist in Annie from the Felthorpe Ghost, and you have a heady and eclectic mix. Many of her stories are also very funny and told with a light touch and tongue planted firmly in cheek.
One of the standouts in this collection, The Story of a Curse, published 17 days before her death, almost seems to defy the staid, somber impression that we have of the Victorian age, although we certainly know this is not to be the case. She was well-read, and a fan of the genre. References abound, the legend of Sleepy Hollow, the stories of Erkman Chartrain, and the Ingoldsby legends. I cannot give any definitive reasons as to why Catherine Lord, nay, Hart, and we can see here where the surname Hardy may have come from, remained a completely lost author until my fortuitous discovery of Granny's ghost story. But it's clear that there were no interviews given or reviews written either as Lord or Hardy, which would have gone a great way to raise her profile. No photos of her appear to exist. No stories that were originally published in journals were subsequently picked up and reprinted in anthologies. And once those newspapers became yesterday's news, and when Catherine died, those magazines that published her slowly went out of print and folded. Decades passed, and those slowly crumbling volumes were kept in libraries until they were scanned in for new generations of researchers to discover them and join the dots. It is with great pride that I offer this, Catherine Lord's debut collection of short stories, published 119 years after her death. Whilst this collection isn't fully genre, there's enough stories of this flavor to wet your supernatural whistle. It's a very rare occasion to find such a trove of tales from a fully formed and exciting author who has been hiding in plain sight for well over a century. I hope that you enjoy this volume and spread the word and the worlds of a true Victorian author who encapsulates the very best of pure literary entertainment. Please note that all of the stories were written when traditions, language, and views were different. There may be parts of this collection that puzzle or offend the reader. I have not edited these stories, but have left as is. These stories do not represent my own views or opinions, but it is my job as a researcher and literary historian to present the truth of the time as it was told, no matter how strange or unpalatable we may find it. Johnny Maines and here we have more of a background of Lucy Hardy, nay, Catherine Lord, the collected season three of Victorian Periodical Parade is of Catherine Lord's works, and we appreciate Johnny Maines for collecting these stories and presenting them in a space where we may read them to you.
We hope you have learned something from these narrated stories, and we hope that you have learned something more from the conversations thereafter. Go and support Johnny Mains as much as you can. There are many more short stories in this collection than what we have been able to cover. In Season 3, we were able to cover six sections of the book, plus the introduction makes seven. However, there are 16 more left in the volume. Please find Johnny Mains on Twitter at OCinnaMan, so that you may purchase Our Lady of Hate from Noose and give it. Please give this episode and season a review on whichever podcatcher you are listening to us upon. It helps immensely, of course, for others to find our narrations and our discussions. If you are finding us on YouTube or Facebook, please like, follow, and subscribe. That way, when Season 4 arrives and we come out with more interviews and more stories, you can be the first to know. Use that share button as often as you can. Tell your friends, your family, and your neighbors. That way we can all enjoy a good book and a good discussion. Thank you for listening to another episode of Victorian Periodical Parade. Have a great day. Victorian Periodical Parade.